0: And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane, back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
1: Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe Mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today.
0: Welcome to Notice Podcast number 835. This episode is uh, very exciting because today is Halloween, uh, that this is going up. You may not be listening to it uh, Halloween, but if you're not, I hope you had a nice Halloween. And if you are, happy Halloween. Be safe. Look out for traffic. Don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive. Don't put razor blades in apples. Don't put apples in razor blades. That's the harder one. Uh, there's some couple things on the Nerdist Community corkboard. Number one, Friday I will be performing November fourth in Boston at the Wilbur Theater with Mike Furman. Um, Mike's gonna do a set. I'm gonna do a set. We'll do uh, we'll do some songs, and uh, it'll be it'll be like old times. So please come out. Uh, you can get tickets at id10t.com or just visit the Wilbur Theater's website. So hopefully just hopefully we'll see you there, uh, and. Kyle Clark, Nerdist's own walk-around Muppet. Now, Kyle has been absent from the podcast for a while because he was hired as a writer's assistant over on Jonah Ray's Hidden America and he is going directly from Hidden America and coming over to work on At Midnight. So our Walk Around Muppet is growing up. I'm so proud of him. And then furthermore, he has a new album out called I'm a Person, and the cover of it is actually him (laughs) as a Walk Around Muppet, which is adorable. And uh, I really want you to support Kyle. He's a brilliant, sweet uh, guy, and it's available on iTunes, Amazon. More CD copies can be bought At estoymerchandise.com E-S-T-O-Y Merchandise.com So support Kyle Clark And hopefully we'll get his his chortles back here On the podcast soon enough Um, This episode is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark Or Cassandra Peterson who plays Elvira Mistress of the Dark But uh, I'm so uh, Sometimes I feel like I need to be pinched That my reality Is actually my reality I mean Elvira I've been a fan of for I mean ever since I was a kid I lived in Memphis when I first saw her show and uh, she is an incredible woman and has done so many amazing things and, and is such you know I try to convince her to give lectures about how to create a thing and and make it grow and keep it fresh and uh yeah, she has such an interesting story. That it's just stuff I didn't know and stuff that I know that you will not know. So I'm excited that she was on the podcast. I adore her. And she has a book that's out right now called Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. It's available on Elvira.com. Uh, it's a gorgeous photo book. that's kind of a retrospective of her career. Big, beautiful coffee table book. So I highly recommend that you pick it up. And you still... Uh, I don't have any more shows. Oh, maybe she's just finishing the not scary farm shows because it's Halloween. But follow Elvira on Twitter and everywhere else, and uh, and always support her. She's a she's a good human. And now make this the Nerdist Podcast number eight thirty five. Look, Cassandra Peterson, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Katie. Is this podcast actually stretching, or is it your imagination? No, it's stretching right now. I'm legitimately stretching this intro. So I apologize, uh, Katie. Just let's
1: boo. Now entering nerdist.com.
0: Well, I guess there's microphones here. We should probably. Uh, yeah. we, should, we'll do, we should do something. Do a pie. <laughs> That's a great idea. Oh my god, this is fantastic. This improvisationally came together so well. <laughs> now, I—the the question I've always wanted to ask you is—I've heard people, I... I've heard people say Cassandra and Cassandra. It's
1: Cassandra. It is Cassandra. Hmm, That's yes. What I
0: thought. Thank you. But but it's. Yeah, people just yeah, fucking no, up and you're too nice to correct
1: I, them. I, am, I just got over correcting people. I've just corrected them my whole life and finally I'm just like, ah, fuck it. Well, man. you could just be like,
0: well, as Cassandra, yeah, I Cassandra, feel that. I just said, yeah. Yeah.
1: And you know, it's weird. My parents named me that, so what am I going to do? That's my name. That is you your know. name. I know. Well, that's one of your names. Yeah, it, yeah one. That is one. That is one of your names. <laughs> hey, you're married now.
0: I am married now. Holy yeah, check crap. that out. Let me see. That's Have a wedding it? ring. Oh. Thank you. Wow. That's a strip of dinosaur bone. That's a strip of meteorite, and that's a strip of uh, elk antler. Wow. I know. Seriously? Yeah.
1: Oh my god. Yeah, I thought I
0: was just gonna have to get a boring old wedding ring, and then <laughs> yeah, so cool. I saw one that was meteorite, and I was like,
1: "Fuck, you Meteor- could do that!"
0: <laughs> and then, uh, and then I just I looked up dinosaur bone. It's
1: a Star Wars ring. Oh yeah. A oh, meteorite. believe me,
0: I was I was I was very tempted, but I. But the thing about like uh, something that specific is, I feel like it'd be fun for a while, and then. You know, like, yeah, you know, I'm yeah, of Star then Wars. After as you a while, see all the Star Wars yeah. wallpaper <laughs> I, Yeah, everywhere. I saw
1: that, so I was wondering why you didn't have a Star Wars ring. So I,
0: I just went more for science yeah. than I did for, uh, awesome. just for, just for Star Wars. How are you?
1: Good, good. I mean, it's how are nice you? To see How's you? married life? That's it's what I great. want to know. It's great. It's good. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, Is
0: you know, it's. Did it change things? Not or? really. No, no. I mean, it does on a, I, I think I've said it changes on a fundamental level where you're like, Hey, that's my wife. You know, like yeah, I know it's kind of freaky, huh? Yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just gonna bolt if something goes (laughs) wrong. Like we're in this, we're in this. Remember
1: that, remember that you just said that. (laughs) I do remember that I said (laughs) that.
0: This is this is audio proof that I said that. But but day to day, it's it's exactly it's exactly the same.
1: Yeah, I had a creepy dream about my ex husband last night. Oh my god, I was in I was in like the ocean, but it was real calm and smooth, and we were like dancing sort of around in a circle together and there was a shark going around us (laughs) and I knew that I had to I knew that I had to kick the shark in the nose, but I was afraid it would open its mouth and my leg would go down. Sure. You know? While so, you're dancing yes.
0: on the water with your ex-husband. Yeah.
1: Oh, God. What a creepy dream. I mean, that's perfect, I like, though. This I feel like we could spend the gonna... whole
0: episode just deconstructing that. <laughs> yeah. Who was the He's shark? Like, Why did you mm. want to kick him? What was your husband doing? Was he... Uh... My husband was the shark. <laughs> he was the shark. <laughs> yeah. so you kick the shark and then your husband's nose starts bleeding. <laughs> yeah. And then everything, just the apocalypse happens. Oh, God.
1: Yeah, anyway. Who, yeah. Who knows? Was it? Was anyway. it
0: did you just... See a shark thing, or was it? Uh... No,
1: I've seen no shark things, nothing. I, I think I just, uh, I, you know, when I think about my ex husband, you know, I don't want to go there because you just got married. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't want to sour the whole
0: experience, Cassandra. I had the shark dream. <laughs> what does it mean? I had the shark dream. I kicked it in the nose. I, I, I think I'm uh, probably first, I, I think I'm the first time I ever met you. I don't know if you remember this. Might have been at Rob Zombie's house. Probably, you know, Rob. Robin Shure oh. used to have these barbecues. Yeah. When they lived in oh Hancock my God! Park. Did
1: I? Yeah, I probably did meet you there. I went to a lot of those. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I was thinking it was at. Uh... Uh, I met you first at Brookledge, but no, I already had oh, met you bro- then. Oh, yeah, it's Brookledge. Well, it just,
0: yeah, I, I don't, I think I was probably too shy to say hello to you at Rob and Sherry's, <laughs> and Rob might have been like, oh, do you know Cassandra? And I'm like, oh, I know, I know who you are. But oh, uh, yeah, it was a I long time Rob.
1: ago. I love Rob.
0: Oh, I know. Man. I just realized I've known them for 21 years, wow. which is uh, when you start, like I was very much an adult when I met them, and that was 21 years ago.
1: Yeah, wow. I, yeah, I've known them for a long, long time, too. I, I love, they, they came over one time, and I made them a rotisserie chicken in my, like, Ron Popiel's oh. rotisserie oven. At, <laughs> and they were, like, in love with it, so that's what I got them for their wedding. They were so happy.
0: Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. So you, you were probably at the wedding where they, at their house, mm-hmm. where they came out, and they're like, we already got married. So just everyone have a party. Yeah, I got there and it was over. No, they didn't have it. Oh. They, they had I didn't know what happened. I thought every, it was just late. No, everyone showed up. Thinking they were gonna, there was going to be a ceremony, and they were like, ah, we already got married a few days ago, so oh. everyone would just have a party. Oh,
1: thank God. Yeah. I, and I felt bad all these years See, for being late. I know. Now, what are you going to oh. do with all that extra energy oh, that, that was weighing
0: down on you oh. all
1: this time? I, that was a great party. I just remember Lisa Marie and Nicolas Cage having the big
0: Oh, my God, that's fight. right. <laughs>
1: they were hanging out with them for a while. Yeah. Oh, and, I totally forgot and about that. They were that. having the most gigantic fight there. They
0: did, they had a big yeah. fight. Yeah. What was it about? Oh well, you know they were your married the or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, it was, laughs> Why can't I be your dad?
1: Yeah, and is your uncle. Damn you! <laughs> yeah, they were. I don't know what was going on there, but I just remember it's quite a little mm, scene. Did Lisa
0: Marie? Did you guys? Didn't you want a date with Elvis?
1: I did. I didn't want to tell Lisa Marie that I could be her mom. (laughs) (laughs) I never want to bring that up, really. You know, you don't want to say something like that to someone's, you know. What is Elvis like on a date? Well, he was adorable. He was super, super sweet. And he was being very kind of like... Dare I say, fatherly? Um oh, you know, but no, sure. with advice and and you know, I was only seventeen, oh, okay, and so gotcha. he was being uh, really, really sweet to, to me and and giving me advice. And honestly, he gave me the advice, the best advice I ever got, which was get the hell out of Las Vegas. I was seventeen, <laughs> and he's like, "This is no place for a young girl." Oh, to be. Oh, nice get. guy! I know it was because he want a house. I I'll buy a house. Oh, I, he never asked me that. Damn it, I would have said yes, but he said. Uh, uh, I mean, I was a, the youngest showgirl in Las Vegas history there, and I was uh, – uh, if it wasn't for Elvis, I would now be the oldest showgirl in Las Vegas history. <laughs> I know I would. I'd still be there because I thought it was the pinnacle of show business. You know, I'd gotten to be a showgirl. I was 17 years old. I was like, What? It was crazy. Well, you were from Kansas. Yeah, Kansas, yeah. at first. I grew up in Kansas on a, uh, first on a farm, and then we moved into the big city, Manhattan. Uh-huh. the little apple. That's right. And uh, then we moved to Colorado Springs when I was seven, because they flooded my town that we lived in. We, we lived in a town called Randolph, which was 20 miles outside of Manhattan, and they flooded it to make a dam. and so they just ruined your t- da they' were like, "Hey, everyone get out. Yeah, yeah, one nope. day. It was just like, get out, and they <laughs> gave you some money. My relatives, my grandparents, my uncles, my aunts, everybody just had to like evacuate.
0: And what was it about Vegas that seemed appealing?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I was very... My parents were always sticking me up on tables and making me dance, and people would throw money <laughs> when I was like three or four. So I, <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, I, I up. <laughs> didn't you, you mean your parents didn't
0: do that with you? Well, you know what's funny is that they kind of did. Whenever Uh-oh. my but not, I didn't dance, but whenever my my parents' friends would come over because I was so obsessed with stand-up comedy from the time <clears throat> I could talk, oh, so I would go. just do other people's routines, which I'm sure is. Really irritating if you have to go over and watch someone's <laughs> fucking kid like tell Steve Martin jokes, but uh, but oh my God. that's so that was kind of baked in that that performance thing was baked in.
1: It it made you want to be the center of attention. Is that right? That's yeah. what happened to me.
0: Yeah, and I mean, how it was
1: look how, at me, look at me, everybody.
0: Well, how do you how do you go to Vegas? And, like at that point, do you just you just go to a casino and go, hey, I want to be a showgirl, and they go, I, no,
1: it was so bizarre. I uh, was on a vacation with my mom and dad. We were going to California. To to visit our aunt and uncle and uh me and my two sisters and I had just seen Viva Las Vegas with Anne Margaret and uh, Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. And I was obsessed with the movie. I, I just kept going to it going to it. And I was dreaming about it, thinking about it. And I I decided I wanted to be Anne Margaret's character in the movie, kind of like a Vegas performer. Sure. So when we got to Vegas, I was I was uh just turned seventeen then and I I begged my parents to let me go to one of the big we call them Tits and Feathers Show. Bag. That's <laughs> No, I, I called it to my parents, but that's what they were called. And I begged, begged, begged them to let me go. So they finally said yes. I had a fake ID, nice. conveniently. So I said, I'll use my ID. And so I, like, put on a wiglet, made my hair super high, put on eyelashes. Your parents eyelashes. are very cool,
0: by the way. I, well, you, you,
1: oh, yeah, sort of. I mean, well, I... It wasn't as much as begging as it was threatening. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so uh, uh, anyway, so I, I like had this Fredericks of Hollywood bra. They made this gigantic cleavage. and So I went in looking pretty, you know, like probably like a hooker. But uh, I don't know. But when I went in, I had so much makeup and everything on that, that the uh, maitre d' said, oh, you must be a showgirl here in Las Vegas. And I, I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't think so. You know, I was afraid of getting busted for right. being underage. And um, he... I sat us down. A minute later, he brings the dance captain, this woman named Fluffy, and she, <laughs> yeah, I know. And she said, uh, "Do you know how to dance?" I said, "Yes, I'm a dancer. I've taken dance all my life." And she goes, "Well, come back stage and I go back there. She put, gets the stage manager." They put on some music, they watch me dance, and they say, we're, we're starting to audition tomorrow for a new show here in Vegas. Would you like to be in it? <laughs>
0: <Isn't> <laughs> that is that preparation bad? meeting opportunity.
1: I mean, yeah, is that bizarre? So uh, next day, we went and saw the producer. Uh, he hired me. Then my parents took me back to Colorado Springs, like screaming and crying the whole way because my parents said, there's no way in hell you're going to dance you know, yeah, you were semi-naked. just supposed to go
0: to the show. Yes, and then you Next ended thing up becoming I'm be part in of the show. show. Right,
1: right. So they were not having any of it, and uh, finally, it, the the producer of the show kept calling and calling my parents, and and I kept making my parents' life a living hell. Of course, yeah, you know, uh, running away and thr- I, I just horrible stuff, and. Uh, Finally, finally, they signed a document, kind of signed me over to Las Vegas. Uh, Got a lawyer, signed a document. Just to make it stop? Yep. (laughs) And I went. And I just uh, went there and started, yeah, when I was, just the day I graduated from high school, I graduated when I was 17. I actually jumped in my car and took off for Vegas and started rehearsals for the show. Was
0: it fun?
1: It was really bizarre. It was, I mean, I, I, um... I couldn't go through the casino. I couldn't drink. I did all those things, though, so, but I wasn't supposed to. Sure. And um, but you could
0: dance topless. Yes. But that's couldn't... the
1: crazy thing. You could dance topless in a show, but you couldn't drink. You could. I mean, is you're that... underage.
0: Take your yeah. shirt off. Whoa.
1: Hey, that feels yeah. weird. It, is that the most bizarre thing ever? That really? Is
0: Vegas. I guess. I
1: don't think they do that anymore. No. No.
0: No. I think probably not. I think they probably don't do that yeah. anymore.
1: Yeah. So I got a really uh, great education there, really fast. You know. And it was Vegas back in. The, I mean, this is how freaking old i am back in the days of like the rat pack and stuff you know sure. frank sinatra was there and did you meet any of those guys i met them all huh? it was awesome i went to frank sinatra's i think it was 50th birthday party or something he was a total jerk to me
0: <laughs> anyway <laughs> he really was i hate to say well, i always it, hear so he was many like, stories about what a nice oh, gentle person he is oh, so yeah, yeah, that's really? so bizarre do you really no never not one
1: <laughs> yes there you go uh, they're all true um but yeah just meeting uh, Sammy Davis Jr. came to see the show. I did a really uh, crazy thing when he was there i I took a you know he had a glass eye. Yeah. so I had, happened to have a glass eye that I had just bought in Tijuana <laughs> and I glued it to my nipple. I don't know why. <laughs> I did, <laughs> just as a like as a little joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh my God, he thought. Thank God, he thought it was the best thing he'd ever heard. He did that Sammy Davis Jr. laugh, you know that. That is, you know, fantastic. That thing. Oh my God, he came backstage and he thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. I thought it was going to get fired because, <laughs> before he came back, everybody in the show that was you know stage manager and everybody else came back and they were. Uh, Oh man, they were not happy. Not were they happy. cool once Sammy was cool? Yes, then it would like, oh thank god.
0: He thought it was fantastic so. Well they anyway, I he mean, he's a nice guy. He he was the expense of a lot of Rat Pack jokes. Like, they, yeah, if you watch those no. roasts, they said horrible things to him. They that was did. probably one of the nicer jokes that was played <laughs> on Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs>
1: probably, yeah, yeah. He was kind of like their little bit. Their little He's bitch. kind of a
0: punching bag, yeah. yeah. But that is, that's fantastic. I yeah, mean, that, that, is, is that is that little extra sauce. It's like, oh yeah, this person's special, you know. Like they think outside the box a little bit. They would glue a glass eye to their nipple. Why not? To...
1: <laughs> Wouldn't you? <laughs> you have one glued to your nipple right now. Right? I do.
0: Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I have two. This eyeball's real on this nipple, and then I have a glass eyeball on this nipple over <laughs> oh, here. I
1: know. I only had one, so I had to just use that one. But uh, anyway, so fun things like that happening in Vegas. How long was,
0: did that last?
1: One year. Uh, well, a year and three months counting rehearsals. So, And then my contract was one year. And by the end of a year, I really, really wanted to get the hell out of there. And also, Elvis had told me, get out of here. Right. And uh, so a couple of the guys in the show were moving to Paris to do a show, and I left with them and moved
0: to Paris. <clears throat> so that was interesting. We now, were- not, you know, not to get too racy, but any good hookup stories in Vegas... Someone coming through. Come on. <coughs> you made me choke my wife. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> one, one fun hookup story that you talk about. Oh,
1: uh, well, perhaps you probably heard it <clears throat> about <clears throat> Tom Jones. i heard maybe you were... a rumor Is that true? Oh, is that a God. true story? It is true. I was like kind of, yeah, that was the... I. I was a virgin, not dancing in this show. I was still a virgin and ended up with Tom Jones. I'd kind of fooled around with somebody from my town before, but apparently we didn't fool around good enough (laughs) because, I don't know. Anyway, yes, Tom Jones, he came and saw the
0: show. So yeah, oh my God. And then you hooked up with Tom Jones. Yes, I'm afraid so. Now that's, is that surreal? As that's happening, like, what is happening with my life?
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing after another, it was just crazy. I don't know. I was, you know, I was kind of a, a, a bit of a groupie anyway. I'd spent like my teen years running all over the countryside chasing bands. So. Right. But I was still a virgin. That was the really tricky part. I can't tell you how many hotel rooms i was kicked out of <laughs> i was it was, <laughs> it was amazing i mean like eric burden from eric burden and the animals well then he was with war like uh he, yeah took my car keys and put them down his pants and i'm i'm uh. like trying to get him and i'm going out and i'm starting to call the police and oh my god just uh, stories like that with bands so when it came to Tom Jones, it was still sort of the same thing. I mean, Elvis, Tom Jones, they're musicians, you know? And sure. I was just this music freak. Right. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it wasn't Elvis, but it ended up being Tom Jones. Hey,
0: you know so. what? <laughs> Don't feel bad. I'm telling you, I probably would have fucked Tom Jones. All right? So, so I totally get it.
1: I think I heard you did.
0: No. <laughs> yeah, I did. You can put that on my Wikipedia okay. page right now. This is now officially sourced. Uh, but a year, a year in Vegas, and then did you go directly west to Los Angeles?
1: No, I went to Paris. I went to Europe, and uh, I was going to be in another big uh, TNA show there uh, on – it was the, the Lido, I think, the Lido de Paris on Champs-Elysées. And I wow. was uh, rehearsing for that show, and I hated it, hated every second of it, the uh, – French girls did not like the fact there was an American girl, and she was only 18, and they were all in their 30s, oh. and they made my life a living hell during rehearsal, and I quit. The French? No. No, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what? And I moved to Italy with another one of the girls from my show. Um, she came over from, from my show in Vegas. She came over. We moved to Italy. Started going around singing, but we found a Brazilian guitar player and, and we decided she and I would uh, start singing. I don't know where that came from. And uh, we started doing nightclubs and stuff. And then we started doing little parts in movies. I met Federico Fellini oh, right, and yes. was in Roma and started getting little bit parts in different movies, like Leonore, let's see, what was it? Leonore, Piacino alla Donna. I'm sure you've heard of that one. And then we, <laughs> I did that one. And then, um, um, Got met this guy who was a songwriter who knew about a band who was looking for a female front man. <laughs> so I ended up singing in this band. And that was also due to Elvis because Elvis, uh, when I was with him, we he actually played the piano and we sat there and we sang together. And he was telling me, You know, you have a decent voice. You ought to, you ought to get vocal lessons and, you know, forget that's this thing and go out and sing. It's
0: like, so, it ridiculous. I know. I mean, your life is, <laughs> I mean, it's like, do, there's, <laughs> You've hit so many things already, and you're, you're barely 18 at this point.
1: I know. I always tell people, my life was so much more interesting b- before I came, became Elvira, you know? <laughs> then everything calmed down.
0: Yeah, because that was a pretty stable yeah, gig once stable that started. stable
1: gig. And people think, oh, it must be so exciting to be Elvira. And, and it is, and it has been. But my life was way wackier before, just about getting to Elvira, you know?
0: Wow, because uh, I know you were in groundlings. For I was a while. for four and a half years, yeah. So, what, how are you? Because at that time, I, getting into improv, sketch, comedy is not like now I feel like it's a thing that people do all the time. Like, oh, yeah, I gotta do improv. There's a ton of improv. Yeah. But at the time, was it a common thing to do? How did you even <clears> think <throat> to do that? Why comedy? Why groundlings?
1: Yeah, I did not even know what the hell improv was. I'd never heard of it. And a couple friends of mine. Took me to see the Groundlings. Went way, way before they're they're on Melrose now. They were down, I don't know, near Western Santa Monica somewhere, and uh, they took me there. And it was one of those things. Y- you know, when you were a kid, did you see something and go, "That is what I want to do. Stand up, this yeah. is what I want to do." Stand yeah. Up. You know, my parents. stared like, I was a kid all uh, the time. Uh, yeah. So you you got that. That's
0: just. I didn't end up uh, as a showgirl though.
1: No, I well... <laughs>
0: yeah. they, they took me home. I
1: was like six. Oh, good. You, yeah. were, you were too young to be a showgirl. <laughs> yeah, but you they were... were very
0: cool about like, oh, let's go see the shows. They took me to see Steve Martin. They took me to see Johnny Carson and Oh, did and they? John because Revers, you were and... into it? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you well, saw That's the... kind
1: of how it just hit me like that. I, I said, I want to do that, whatever it is they're doing. Probably because I couldn't remember scripts ever or remember lines. So that'd be much better to do comedy. Sure. Uh, and make it up as you go along. yeah. Um, and I'd always been sort of into being funny. I, I don't know. When I was a kid, I was teased a lot about my scars. I had been, uh, in a that uh, was scalded with water. I'd, I'd been burned, so thirty-five percent of my body is skin grafting. So really? I got yeah. Oh Elvira only shows the good parts. That dress is like fantastic. That's oh my gosh. I yeah. don't think I I know I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. When I was uh on the farm I my mother was boiling Easter eggs and I somehow I was a year and a half old and climbed up and grabbed the boiling pot of water oh and pulled gosh. it over on me. So uh, it was a very close call. It was amazing that I lived, because generally back then, if you were burned over 35% of your body, you didn't survive. So they had just started using penicillin. It, just, it was like they, they gave it to me experimentally, and uh, I made it through. So they moved me to a big burn center uh, in Kansas City, so I had all this skin grafting. So when I was a kid, I was always teased about it relentlessly. So the way I dealt with it was sort of self-deprecating humor. Sure. I made mean, jokes about it. And, um, you know, I was very kind of standoffish and kind of a loner when people called me a monster or something. I, you know, just laugh along with them. And so I think that's how I got into really wanting to be a comedian. I mean, do you find that a lot of comedians, I don't know if anything oh, yeah. happened to you, but a lot of them were like, Teased for being overweight. No or, question. Because you know.
0: comedy is like a defense mechanism. Like, yeah. I don't know how we would deal with life if, they, if we didn't have that thing to at least deflect some of the horrible things that happen. I mean, yeah. that's really crazy. So in a, in a way, if, you, if that hadn't happened, maybe none of this would have happened because you might have just – not develop exactly.
1: I, I think, I say, you know, one of the worst things that could have happened turned into probably the best thing that could have happened to me. Kind of fighting against that all my life, you know? But as a
0: showgirl, was, could you see any of it? I just,
1: luckily, I was a year and a half old. I grew up to... You know, be fairly tall and everything. So the skin grafting really, really smoothed out. It's discolored. Oh, wow. But I had went in every night an hour early, had head-to-toe body makeup. That was a real bummer. I had to go before everybody and have a woman put on, like, pan stick makeup from head to toe. And um uh, then I could go on and do the show. So wow. basically just got rid of the discoloration. When I was little, it was much like more puffy and wrinkly.
0: Sure, but then, but then you're you're developing so much. Yeah, you probably uh, so to speak. Grew. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it just a lot of that. It lot just of that was, grew. Uh,
1: much smoother and and um, uh, yeah. I mean, when you see people like you know Kane Hodder, he's a friend of mine. He used to be a stuntman, and then he was Jason, um, mm-hmm. and he he was burned more recently, and because of that, I mean, he's got. I mean, the burns look horrible because he was his full adult size, you know, and they don't wow. get better. But I've also had 21, 22 surgeries on on uh, various parts of my. And the technology skin I assume now
0: is light years. Oh,
1: so much better now. But I, I started having uh, surgeries to to get rid of some of the lumps and bumps and stuff uh, sure. in the
0: skin grafting when I was probably 20.: Oh wow. Yeah, and is that is that when how old were you when you came to the Groundlings?
1: When I got to the Groundlings, let's see. When, by the time I got to L.A., I was probably to twenty, twenty-five or six. So you'd spent I think. a handful
0: of years in Europe and tooling around yeah, and Europe performing, and... and then. So what made you decide to come to L.A.?
1: I was performing in a club in a show called Fantasies of Love au Natural. <laughs> <laughs> That's got a Perhaps of sexy you've heard in of there. it. <laughs> <laughs> it was at the Playboy Club in Miami. Oh my God! The Playboy yes. Club. Oh, the Playboy clubs. So I worked there for like six months as a dancer. And I mean, singer. those really were a cool thing at one point. I oh, remember. and then they were like happening. You know, they were Super like happening. really, really hot then. And this was on Miami Beach, which uh, they, know, they This one didn't last as long, but it was right next to the Fontainebleau on mm-hmm. Miami Beach, and it yeah. was a very happening place. So oh, yeah, it was this big Paris review, and I was the lead nude and a singer. And uh, I met this guy who was a dancer and singer in the in the show, and uh, we fell in love and he lived in l a and asked me to move back with him so I did and l a was somewhere I never wanted to go i don 't know why I'd, I'd gone there on vacations with my family in the past and just thought it was too big and too scary you know
0: that's cra- that 's amazing and, uh, did you did her. you feel that because of what you had gone through with uh, with the burn and also all the work you had done up to that point, did you become just really comfortable with your body at that point? I did. I went the opposite way. <laughs> People go, but why weren't you shy? I mean,
1: there is not a picture of me as as a kid where I'm not wearing a black turtleneck with long sleeves. Right. And I don't care how hot it is outside. Right. I would. I never learned to swim because I wouldn't wear a swimming suit. I would not show off my body. Puberty struck and all of a sudden I'm like – Taking my clothes off. I mean, <laughs> I, be- I became a go-go girl when I was 14. So I was dancing in little fringy outfits and stuff. And uh, uh, just, you know, covering up the scars as best as I could with makeup. And I don't know. I went completely opposite. Like, I am going to show off my body. I-, I don't know where that came from. What well, I think it's I'm good. I'm to figure
0: that out. No, and I, I think it's at least it sounds healthier than, you trying know, to- than beating yourself up and trying to hide and being afraid of the world. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a good. I did that
1: for a long time.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing for people to hear who maybe have something that they're, uh, you know, insecure about or stressed about, or that maybe it's not as big of a deal as they think it is.
1: Yeah, it was kind of like coming out, you know. Sure. <laughs> it was like, okay, I've been hiding here for a million years with my uh, you know, scars and everything, and now I'm just going to go completely the opposite direction
0: <laughs> and I'll just take
1: my clothes off where I can. Woohoo!
0: Now is it so you moved to LA with this <laughs> because of this guy? Yeah. Did that relationship last very long?
1: Uh, it lasted for a while. We stayed friends forever for the rest of his life. He died. All my boyfriends are dead. They all died.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, don't get why the wrong why?
1: idea. <laughs> 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 it lasted a while, about a year. But he was great because he was a, a singer and songwriter, and he kind of introduced me to people in, in the biz and everything, you know. I mean, he was a young guy struggling, too. But uh, we lived up in Beechwood Canyon. And, oh, wow. And... uh you know, kind of a bohemian kind of area, and it it, it was just awesome, and I don't know, I decided, you know, I'm not going to keep running off on tours, I I kept leaving, I kept leaving even L.A., I went, I had a band called Mama's Boys, and we went around and toured for about almost two years all over the U.S., Uh, and then finally, I I said, i got to stay somewhere, I had never stayed in one place, you know, hardly longer than a year for my whole life, so... Um, I decided I want to stay in L.A. And when I saw the Groundlings, I was going, this is it. This is what I want to do. I'm not leaving anymore. I'm going to be broke as hell. I don't care. I'm just going to stay here and concentrate on doing comedy improv.
0: No, did they? You did you, you to start taking the classes?
1: Yes, and back then I was lucky because if you paid the money, you were in. The, you were a groundling. Right. <laughs> now you know, my God, you have to go through ah, the you process. know years. It's a major process. You have to go through
0: all the classes, and then space you, has to open up, and
1: and you have to be voted on, and you know, oh my God, it can take people years and years to become a groundling. Right. Then it was like, know, hey, you got the thirty-five bucks a week. Come <laughs> on in. <laughs> <You know. laughs> so that was that was awesome and there weren't that many people in the company there were um lorraine newman had just left and she went to do this brand new show called saturday night live and we were like whoa i wonder what the, you know how that's going to be oh wow and um uh, i was in there with phil hartman and and paul rubens Wee, oh, and john God. paragon who who um later became my writing partner for 21 25 years something like that but um all the people in the ground. I mean, isn't it amazing how many people come out of that damn?
0: Thing? Oh yeah, it's nuts. It's I mean I knew. Um, I knew Paul and Phil. I didn't know you were in with Paul and Phil. Yeah, yeah, the whole time. Were you? Did you guys work in a, as a team together? Or you...
1: We did. Uh, um... Uh, we did a lot of sketches that were together. I mean, there were a lot of group sketches where that we were all in. Um, I used to be Phil's girlfriend several times in Chick Hazard. Uh, <laughs> Phil and I did a play called um, Waco that we did with a few of the other groundlings uh, where I played his girlfriend and we wrote it and we, we did it after, like the Pee Wee Herman show, we sure. did it after the groundlings in the evenings on a certain night. And uh, unfortunately never quite took off like the Pee Wee <laughs> show, show. Um, probably because it was about, uh, you know, poor Texas white trash who sold drugs. So
0: <laughs> um, anyway, um,
1: But uh, yeah, so Phil and I did that together. And, and uh, I mean, every night we were doing sketches together with, you know, John and Paul and me. And I, I definitely, I, I was so close to Paul and John Paragon and Phil we were I, I felt like I was the fourth musketeer there I sure. just loved those guys I worshiped them and uh they were kind of my idols in the show I mean there were a lot of brilliant people in the show but I just honed in on them and I just wanted to be with them every second so I could learn everything I could from them
0: were there other were there other characters that you thought oh this is gonna be the thing that either breaks me out or oh this is Paul's thing and then those those yeah, well, Paul had a
1: dozen, a dozen freaking characters that were as good as Pee Wee, you know. I mean, he had this one J Longtoe. It's just so amazing where he he just wore a loincloth and a giant uh, Native American headdress like for a chief. And he danced on on his toes in his Converse <laughs> tennis shoes, he danced on his toes while he smoked a cigarette and sang lounge songs.
0: That's funny. it was awesome. But he but he incorporated some of that into Pee Wee. He did the Pee-wee
1: Pee-wee did dancing the toe on dancing. the toes. Did the That's toe true. Dancing. That's where that came from. Jay Longtoe, and he had he had some other had Moses Feldman who was like a cartoonist, the, the creator of Little Yehudi. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. He had just some brilliant characters. I, on the other hand, really had no characters. I was not good at coming up with characters. I always played the bimbo, the showgirl, the hooker, the, the patient at Did the that gynecologist's bother at the office. Did you time you were
0: like, hey, I want to do other stuff than...
1: It didn't bother me. It's kind of what I've been doing all my life. And they they needed that character, you know. uh, Edie Edie McClure couldn't play it. Somebody had to do it. Oh, Edie Uh, was in there too at the same time. Edie was in the same time. Was Pat
0: Morita in with you guys? Uh,
1: Pat had left already. He was just going out when I was coming in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we were all mind boggled too because people were leaving to go do TV shows. It was like, What? Um, so, so yeah, so somebody had to be the groundling sex symbol, and I think it was up to me. So I certainly filled a void there that needed to be filled. But, uh, but I never came up with solid characters. But I did do this character that was an actress and sort of a dippy valley girl character that the director of the local television horror host show came and saw, and he loved that character. He thought it was hilarious. And invited me to come and audition for this horror hosting gig on the local TV channel. And he said, "I want you to do that character you were doing." I go, "But that it's that's like not horror. That that doesn't go with it, you know." He's like, "Nah, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just it's great. Yeah, let's just do that." I end up getting the part. And then he goes, uh, "Now come up with a look that's scary." And I'm go. So I do that character. It's <laughs> like a valley girl, uh, whatever, and I wear black. And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, that'll be great." So anyway, I did it and I thought I really didn't have much faith that it was going to go past
0: like a week, you know, I really didn't. But then you became famous instantaneously.
1: Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it was a week or two and I was like getting invited on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and I had to take my name out of the phone book. Can you believe when you actually <laughs> put, your, <laughs> put my name and number in the phone book? And back then, that's what you did. That's
0: what you know? had to get your number. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I think you could pay a little bit extra to have yeah. an unlisted number.
1: Yes. I don't even know if you could then. But you know what? I wanted to be in the phone book so people could call me for acting jobs. But that's so uh, nuts. Yeah,
0: it was uh, crazy. So I mean, I remember – I was living in Memphis at the time – but I remember when I first saw Elvira, it was probably – when did it, it – did it syndicate right away or did it – did they
1: – No, it was about uh, – God, I'm so bad at so timing. It was, but it was two or three years before right, it became like syndicated. Right, I it was about
0: 83 maybe if I'm remembering. It was about yeah, or 83. Yeah, I started
1: the show in 81 and then I think the syndication thing came out about 83. Wow. But um, but before the syndication thing came out, I had made several appearances on national TV. Right. Right. Um, uh, in, like Chips. I was a character <laughs> on Chip. I was in Stroker Ace with Burt Reynolds. Oh, yes. Oh, that was fantastic. And um, all these little parts. So people started wondering, what the hell is that? Right. <laughs> and uh, then I got the Coors campaign, mm-hmm. which, although the Coors campaign didn't pay a lot, it got me really great national recognition. Wow. And that's kind of how I got the syndicated show. So we were able to open it up to the whole rest of the country. So that was, phew. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy
0: that Elvira was sort of the it, it, the recipe for it had been brewing with everything that happened to you up to that point. That if anything was even slightly different, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> you know, I know going back it's to getting bizarre. Scalded and then becoming a showgirl and g- getting improv trained, like everything. I know it
1: just and and I really didn't know where it was going. I didn't have it any kind of a hard and fast plan. I was going, I know I want to be the center of attention, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like when they were throwing pennies at me and I was singing, how much is that doggy in the window? <laughs> but,
0: but you I, never
1: know. I have to show you a really bizarre picture in my new book. Yes, the Elvira, Mistress of
0: the Dark book. But I'm going to show you Which while is we were... That's gorgeous. That is a gorgeous coffee table
1: Thank book. you, thank you. While we were putting this together, I showed Chad Colbank who put this thing Hi, together. Hi, Chad. Hi, Chad. I showed him a picture that my mom sent to me And she said, do you remember this? And I said, no. I was five years old. She made me this this black and orange crepe paper dress. And she asked me what I wanted to go as for Halloween. And I said to my mom, what what was I supposed to be? And she goes, you wanted to be the queen of Halloween. Oh, my
0: God. That's crazy. I mean,
1: so look. It was foretold. It was. It was foretold. I mean, how bizarre is that?
0: And then you became the queen of Halloween. I became the queen of Halloween. I mean, I always wonder with like with a character like Elvira or even for, you know, like Pee Wee for Paul, like is there a certain point where you feel trapped in the character you're like, God, I'd really love to do other stuff, but it's such a good, fun gig. I don't, you know, like what's the balance?
1: Yeah, I went through a little period of that in the beginning where I was uh, thinking, oh, I should do other stuff too and, you know, be do other characters, do other parts as myself. And then the reality hits that, first of all, I own the character. <laughs> Pee Wee owns his character. Right. And that's a whole different ballpark. That's huge. You're not one of the monkeys or something or, you know, in Star right. Wars trying to go out and sign autographs and you can't even keep all the money. Right. You know, you uh, you own everything. And so... How did you engineer that? Wow. That, it was kind of an accident. Uh, but luckily, my, my two managers at the time... Um, Kept well. We kept asking for more money from K H J every year, and they were so cheap. That was the local station. Yeah. here. they were so cheap they wouldn't give me more money. So I was making like three hundred, three hundred fifty dollars a week, and um, but they said we said, well, could we at least have the rights to do a, a fan club? Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, sure. So they signed off the rights to fan club. Later we said, could we have the rights to be on other TV shows? Sure, sure, you can have that in the rent. Right do We had the rights to like make licensed products. Oh, okay. Wow. And before they knew it, they'd signed all the rights away. That they would never that. happen now. Never. Oh. But it, you know, it was so, so lucky it happened because they lost their license not long after. And um, uh, RKO General had a big something about illegal contributions to the Nixon campaign oh, no. or something. Yeah. <laughs> and they lost a bunch of their stations. And KHJ was one of the ones that was lost. And. Went into bankruptcy, and the Elvira character would have gone into bankruptcy, probably oh never God. to be seen again. You know.
0: So, what? Where did you? Did, did you just? So, did you jump to another LA station at that point?
1: Um, no, we. Uh, let's see. I stayed in the. Um, I stayed at KHJ shooting and everything until we did the syndicated show, and that played out for about five to seven years. But then my movie came. My movie came along, and after we did uh, the film Elvira, M- Misters of the Dark, we sort of. I didn't go back to hosting horror movies. Yeah. I'd really kind of had it, I mean, with that, with the hosting. I loved it. I wanted to do it later, and I did it in a lot of video collections. Sure. Um, and I've done it since on a small syndicated scale and for Hulu last year and different things. Finding the movies is the hard part. Sure. But um, – no, that was it. I was out of KHJ. That was the end of the, the real, you know, the old horror hosting days, which I really miss. I really love doing that.
0: Have you ever given talks on how to grow a business? I mean, I have. you have.
1: Yeah, Even uh, I did a big speech where I got paid and everything to talk to Dis- Disney. They had all the uh, people working at Disney, and I went in and gave a talk about how to uh,
0: build brands. I mean... Have you ever thought about maybe making that available to the you know, like to I mean that is a you cannot deny the fact that you know for 35 years this character is so much a part of our culture now and you did that. Yeah. So you know I mean I think that story is really interesting and I think would probably benefit a lot of people who are looking to do
1: Yeah, I I, I do too because I I think I have some pretty good advice on all of of those things so that's good you put that out there maybe they'll start calling what the
0: heck I mean you could just do it I feel like you could just do it Yeah, I don't even know if you'd need someone to do it. You could just you could just a
1: seminar like Tony Robbins or something.
0: Well, I mean, or some or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. like that 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 would instruct people who have like some sort of a creative concept, even if it's not a character, but some sort of a creative concept. And how do you, you know, obviously there's a little bit that's I I know you can't control, right? But yeah,
1: there's a lot. Some of it's luck, but some of it. Some of them is, there's definitely ways to go and I things to do and things not to do. That's I think for there's sure. there's Less
0: luck in the world than people think. I think when you really sort of peel back the layers, you realize that something that seemed like luck was the the fruit of a, a seed that you maybe unconsciously planted through the choices. that you I'm were actually
1: making. with you on that. I, I <laughs> actually argue with people and say, you know, I don't want to sound like. Not humble, but I say I don't think there's any such thing as luck. Honestly, I think well, she was just lucky, he was just lucky. You know, you're ready, the timing is right, if you're prepared. I mean, I'd been a dancer and taking dancing lessons since I was three years old, when and then been a go-go dancer and everything. So when that Vegas thing came along they could have come over and say, hey, do you know how to dance? And I oh, I've never danced before. You know, and that would have been the end right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you could say, yes, I, I, I'm a dancer. I know how to dance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: in most cases, I think you do make your own luck. I you, do too. You do. I do. And, too. and it, it's things kind of reveal along the way. But if you hadn't made all those choices up to that point, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't. Click. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Like, like one, one example is like uh, I was walking down the street in Rome And Federico Fellini was shooting his movie Roma, and people go, I mean, how lucky was that that you ran into him? And they go, actually, I was walking down the street, and this guy, Stuart Burnbaum, came up to me. And Stuart had made a documentary about showgirls in Vegas when I was there, and I had been in the documentary. And uh, he was there, and he was a student director with Fellini. Wow. And he came running up to me and my other friend, who was a showgirl, that also that, you know that I talked about, that came with me over to Rome. And he came running up and said, "Hey, oh my gosh, you know Stuart Birnbaum, remember me? We made that documentary." And then he said, uh, "Do you want to meet Mr. Fellini?" And we're like, "Do I?" <laughs> and he took me over there, and and uh, Fellini said to me, "Oh my God, you look like my my wife, Julietta Messina, when she was really young." And he said. You, you know, would you like to work in the f- <laughs> would you like to work in the
0: film? Yes, yeah, sure. Why I not? drop your keys into my bed. <laughs> oh, come on, not this shit again. Oh, I don't know how you find them. All right, Fellini. Give me the fucking keys. <laughs> I'll be in your movie.
1: Oh no, thank God. Thankfully he was just one of the nicest guys oh, that's and that's great nothing. Yeah, yeah, no none of the monkey business there. <laughs> he was awesome. Um but but you know, it was so it wasn't just like la la, la. I'm walking down the street. Fellini runs out of a store. Hey, would you want to be in my film? You know, it was... It, there was some little preparation things that had happened. Right. I
0: don't know. It wasn't you know, a coincidence. I don't know. And how did... Because of the nature of the Elvira character, and also, you know, at, particularly at a time when uh, I imagine women had less respect, how are you navigating the business, and how are you you know if people are like ah she's the, the vampire lady with the boobs and you're like no 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 i'm smarter than you and you know like how do you how do you navigate all of that during that time period
1: yeah just during the elvira sure. time period yeah it it has been tricky because the boobs are a big part well actually there are a couple of big parts of the elvira character <laughs> and I wouldn't w- w- trade them for the world. I love them. I've made my whole entire life out of them. <laughs> they're they're like my best friends. <laughs> they really are. I mean, every job I've ever had is dependent, dependent on my boobs, kind of, you know? Sure. Um, uh, So trying to just get across the men that you have a brain, or oh, even that you have a head, because they don't even look right. deep below, you know, above my neck, um, has been really difficult. You just keep kind of... It's kind of a very Elvira thing. You just keep sort of plowing ahead like, yeah, fuck you. And, you know, yeah. you just keep going ahead. I don't care what you say. I'm still going to do this. And, and the guys that, that ugh, I mean, a lot of really slimy guys sure. coming on to you, you know. And Oh, my God. I went on an d- audition. A guy stood behind his desk and he was wearing no pants. And I, I mean, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, they, they figure, oh, she's coming in there with that, you know, she's got that kind of cleavage. She must be a slut. Right. And uh, I think proving to people that you're not, you know, just because you uh, are showing off your assets, right. uh, I think other women really appreciate that because because women have to go through this crap all the time. Of course. I mean, every time you try to look sexy, it's a double-edged sword. Right. Sexy means stupid. Right. Um, it's great that there are women out there now who it, I, I talk about like the. I have a huge gay following, and they go, "What did they love so much about Elvira?" And I think. I say maybe the same thing they like about Madonna or Cher. It's a woman who is sexy but strong and doesn't take any crap Mm -hmm. from guys. Um, There are just a few out there. Otherwise, you you have to look like Margaret Thatcher if you're smart (laughs) or if you're really, really sexy, then you're Kim Kardashian, you know. There is a between place where you can look sexy and be smart. Right. Well,
0: people are lazy, you know, and so <laughs> and are, so. They it's want to easy to put you in a category. Exactly. That's exactly like, right. Yeah. It's just lazy. It's just lazy. I mean, yeah. I think I think the most offensive thing, one of the most offensive things about that is that it's it's just like it's just not giving a person individual consideration for just being the individual that they are. It's like, oh, you're this, you're
1: yeah. that, yeah. you're this.
0: You know, exactly. So, I,
1: I, and you know, in high, especially in high school, you know, oh, you have big boobs, you're a slut. Right. That is automatic. You know, I think I was the only virgin that graduated from my high school. (laughs) I really do. I'm pretty sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and managed to hang on to your virginity as a Vegas showgirl for a while. Yes. Which is spectacular.
1: Ridiculous, I know. Insane, kind of. But, uh, uh, yeah, but you are just branded like, you know, because of your body. I mean, I really woke up when I was like 14. Puberty happened, and I just had these giant boobs. It was like they were overnight. (laughs) Boom. And uh, it changed everybody's opinion about me, and generally not in a great way. Sure. You know, I was, like, made fun of and pushed around and shoved by girls at the school. The guys all wanted to jump you.
0: Basically, they were just going to make fun of you no matter what.
1: It was. It was like, I I just wanted to get the hell out of school. I really hated my years in school. I hate to say that. Kids, you stay in school, though. (laughs) I I do. I mean it. But I had a hard time. It it was just uh, not a good thing for me. And I flunked drama. (laughs) (laughs) How do you fuck drama? Um, The drama teacher tries to put the make on you, and then you don't give in to him, and then you get an F. That's so gross. I know.
0: He gives you an F because you wouldn't Mm -hmm. give him an F? Come on.
1: Mr. Osborne, if you're out there.
0: You're dead, Mr. Osborne. You're not alive anymore, (laughs) Mr. Osborne. You're way dead. I
1: think so, probably.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what are some of the things that just like, you know, Nickel bits of advice that you would give people who have a thing that they want to grow, and how how do you you know how how would a you A thing that they want to yeah, grow? Yeah, like, like like an environment, like a creative thing, like, creative oh, idea, oh, like creative a creative idea, like a brand building thing, like okay. some of the some of the some of Phew. the hits of uh, a thing that they want to grow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you. I mean. am wearing pants <clears> behind <throat> the stage. Okay, I just want are you to really, make really? Very really clear. Really yeah, there's pants, there. there's pants. Okay, um, I th- I think my my best piece of advice, sort of about A brand or an unusual, like like building a character that you could then build upon, is the Chinese menu uh, uh, direction. Here's what I do. You pick one from column A and one from column B. And that is what accidentally happened with me when when I developed the Elvira character. Mm -hmm. I didn't set out to do that. But the director saw me in this wacky valley girl, ditzy actress character. And then he said, but you have to wear a spooky-looking outfit. Those two things together I thought were the worst idea ever. (laughs) And I was sure it was going to be canceled after the first week. turned out to be a brilliant idea because if I had gone in and they told me, we want you to be this spooky character that hosts horror movies, I know I would have gone in and done a, like, come in, darling, drink a glass of blood. Mm. You know, I would have done that because... They go, you're a horror host. The fact that the guy wanted that other character, but then wanted this look, made a completely unique character. Sure. So now this is about uh, developing characters, you know. But um, it's kind of like just think outside the box. Don't do, uh, you know, really pick, pick one thing over here and put it with a, a look or something that just doesn't seem to go together at all. And all of a sudden you're unique.
0: And try to own it. And try to own it. <laughs> Don't yeah, sell yeah. your character. Don't sell your thing right away. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, 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 that's kind of my best advice I can give on coming up with a character and building one. Yeah. Um, Paul is a little peewee, is a little bit that way in that he's this uh, uh, child man. Yeah. He acts like a child, but he wears a suit and a tie and is a grown man. Yeah. You put those two things together, it's kind of like a mashup.
0: He sent us a great wedding present, by the way. So weird. Uh oh, what did he send? It was hilarious. (laughs) It is, uh, you know, the paintings at the haunted mansion. Uh, that follow you, yeah, because that like the faces follow you I, because they're like they're like, these concave paintings and the shadows. Yeah, he sent us a statue and it was that, but it was of Jesus and it says Jesus is watching you. So when <laughs> I've you, seen that so one. So when you turn he the has, light on, wherever it has you go, it at the his face house. follows you.
1: I've seen it. I wonder if he gave you his personal one, his own personal Jesus, or if he. No, it was a Bought brand you new another one. one. Oh, it good. was a brand At new least one. And he, gave also one.
0: Gave, he also gave us these two little books. Uh one was Rules for Husbands from like nineteen fifteen <laughs> and the other was Rules for Wives from nineteen fifteen. Oh 1915.
1: my god. Now yeah. you just have to
0: swap those. Now we gotta with, swap those. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll just gender, gender swap Fantastic. the roles.
1: Well I feel really crappy now because I didn't send you anything. <laughs> no. You don't I listen, I,
0: you know you know, But I'm giving you this book. You're giving me a book and you have no idea how delightful <laughs> it was to me that, A, you had any idea who I was, and B, Ah, that you, you know, that... Because when I saw you at Rob's birthday... Uh, a couple of years ago, we hung out for a while. Yeah, and no one was paying attention to the amazing Beatles cover band, <laughs> which were fantastic, they were weren't incredible. they? Incredible! Oh, my
1: daughter was dancing to them. She was the only one. There were her and her friend dancing to them, and everybody else was in the other room. They were in
0: the other room. That band was so good. They were they did, fantastic. Like, they covered like every era of the Beatles, and they
1: looked like them. I, lo- I mean, great. they it was amazing. They yeah. were so
0: great. <laughs> but I still, I still like if you ever if you send me a direct message on Twitter or shoot me an email, so I'm like, oh, Elvira, message oh, me. Oh, like good. it's so it's so great. Oh, thank you! You're such a part of our culture, nerd world. Yeah, Yeah. I mean this, and the thing that's great about OVA. I mean, do you do you ever think, well, I don't want, I don't know if I, I think I've done her enough. I don't know if I want to do her anymore. Or Do you still? like i still
1: like doing and everything i think there's got to be an expiration date there somewhere before i get really
0: like oh my god look at her she's still wearing an outfit <laughs> <laughs>
1: would you tell me when that happens
0: chris no never oh, never oh, stop somebody's gotta tell me it's not yeah. gonna if i was not gonna be like the dread pirate roberts right where you Ee, i hope not where you pass on the
1: oh well i tried that it didn't really work no, you did? Yeah. Well, I had this show. You mean passing on to right, another right. person? I had to search for the next Elvira, which was my brilliant idea to get a new Elvira. Sure. And, and then we got one, and she looked good, and she was a good actress, and we tried to ho- foist her off on, you know, parades in the Midwest and stuff, and and unfortunately nobody wanted her you know yeah I mean
0: it's just not I think it's just so uniquely you someone just has to come up with another thing
1: yeah I'm afraid so
0: they have to do their own thing (laughs) I think I remember um, Weird Al said that someone pitched him oh I love Weird Al let's do it oh he's the best let's do the search for the next Weird Al and he was like I'm the current one. I don't. Why would I do that? Why would I help you find my replacement? He <laughs> was like, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. Yeah.
1: Well, I was thinking it was a great idea. I actually thought what would be a good idea is to have a bunch of Elvira's that I then sent out to malls mm-hmm. at Halloween. And people got to take their picture, like, you know, with them sitting on their lap, like Santa Claus. Oh, that's Wouldn't a great that be idea. Awesome? Of course, I can't fly around the malls doing that and having people sitting on my lap and telling me what they want for Halloween. No,
0: but I think... <laughs> Maybe it's not an Elvira. Maybe it's like an El Clara and an El yeah, Maureen. Okay. Like it's just like a, it's like a class. Oh, it's like a class of them that you've that you've sent yeah,
1: out. Yeah, I put them in Elvira training school and everything. <laughs> so it's you a... don't
0: think Elvira is any kind of a magical creature.
1: Uh, no, you mean where she came from or what she is yeah, yeah, exactly? Yeah. Well, I kind of set it up in my first movie that her mom was a sorceress mm-hmm. who had who, sorceress who had powers and all of that, and her dad was just a mortal uh, TV critic, right? And that, that's so she's got a little, she's got one foot in the, there, a little in bit the in there, magic world, Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, people are always saying, is she a vampire? I, you know, I'm like, I don't know what the hell she is, really. But, you know. <laughs> but we just She's... set it up. So she does have a little a little magic edge can happen.
0: So what is uh, what is the book? Uh, is it basically a pictorial history? It of...
1: is. I love writing this kind of book because I didn't have to write. It's only pictures. Yeah, it's a lot of, it's it's a lot of awesome. pictures. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's just like pictures from my entire career, starting at the very beginning and going through to uh, – Currently, I mean, my last photo session, which was just probably, uh, I don't know, a few months ago. And, uh, uh, just seeing kind of how the character progressed and how, uh, y- you know, it, it kind of changed over the years a little bit. And, yeah. uh, I don't know. It's just uh, kind of one of those books that guys are going to have hours of fun with. <laughs> what can I say? I don't
0: know. <laughs> did you like snakes before you had to start I, wrapping snakes, I did ready?
1: Oh, when I was a little kid, I had snakes all the time. I loved snakes. My dad was always catching snakes for me. Really? Yeah, I always loved them. And a fan gave me that snake. Um... Uh, when he was like size of a pencil, and uh, I named him Dick. I don't know. What. And then he grew to be like 13 feet long and became yeah, he a girl. Did. Yeah, there oh, yeah. okay, yeah, wow wow. Hey, wow, what? Hey, come on now. And uh, I had to, I had to give him to a zoo because he got too heavy and too big to handle.
0: Oh, that's yeah, kind of nice. I know, I know, did they put I know. a "donated by Elvira" plaque I, on the thing? I don't thing? think they did. <laughs> what a
1: waste. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some place in the valley called the Snake Pit. Anyway, yeah, I actually got confiscated by the police. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right, okay,
0: yeah, that was, that was a different story. Yeah, it was more, a different story. like <laughs> I didn't really give it. Okay. <laughs> when did, is the book out now? Uh, the book
1: out? is out starting today. Starting today? Yes. The day, the, 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 yes, October 5th. Is okay, that what day it is? That's the day so it's the book available. So
0: the book is currently available.
1: That's right, and I'm out at Not Scary Farm uh, doing my shows every night, I, and I'm uh, signing the book there. In between shows, believe it or not. Uh. That's fantastic. I didn't... when is uh when do, is Not Scary Farm just on weekends? It's uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, great. And I am out there doing two shows a night, dancing and singing. Oh, see how the dancing and singing finally came in handy. Uh, dancing and singing and telling jokes. You have to come down. And see I it. would love fun. to. Oh please, because we went to we fun. went to
0: Disney because they did all their Halloween stuff. We went to Universal Horror Nights. Oh, and you haven't come to Knott's. And we got to come to Knott's now. Really,
1: I'm telling you, Knott's really has. Honestly, I've been to all the others, and I swear, I know I work there, but. Knotts really does have the best Halloween haunt because it's just been around for so many years, yeah, and yeah. they keep building on it. You know, so. is it
0: mazes or there are horrors? Oh yeah, mazes? there's yeah.
1: like 13 mazes, and then there's uh, the whole park itself is just super spooky and creepy, and they have a million monsters. Oh my and god,
0: we'll definitely come. It's awesome, so my, Lydia and I. It's Halloween is our favorite oh, well, favorite favorite time of I will set you up. Yeah, I want I want you to I want to have you over to our house because we have Lydia collects. Uh, horror stuff oh my god so we have like original gremlins and oh, uh, good and lord a, and an, an exorcist dummy and uh, all, wow. all sorts of fun
1: well i have a ton of crap for you guys oh please, please. <laughs> i'll go through my storage unit and just oh my god. And start yes, pulling so it out please let us be your dumpster
0: <laughs> just get rid of all the stuff that you have oh like we'll we'll, we'll take any kind of weird horror stuff wow you well you met the right girl then
1: oh. she's like a halloween freak
0: i got very lucky well, i fantastic. got very lucky because you know people would say like what, she, what are you going to do with all of your weird taxidermy? And I'm like, no, she has weird taxidermy. Okay. We have the exact same.
1: You're the perfect couple. We are the, we are the
0: perfect couple.
1: No, that's fantastic. You have to be with somebody like that, for God's sake. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It'd
0: be a huge bummer what if she was work? like, you know. <laughs> like, I, I, Guillermo del Toro's family made him get a separate house. <gasps> okay. For his stuff, (laughs) like get all this shit out of here. So he's like, okay. (laughs) So we had to buy a separate house for all of his, for all of his stuff. I know.
1: I wish I could do that.
0: I'm the one that tells her, like, you gotta, you gotta slow down a little bit. Like we're running out (laughs) of room for all this stuff. She's buying fucking werewolf heads from the howling oh my god. Like, god this is what i just got from the prop store i'm like oh no we're not, oh. we have no more room we have no more room yeah for stuff. that gets
1: to be a problem i then you end up like me with nine million storage units out in the desert oh god you I just tour have to a collection. That I've thought of that. It's just a matter of like getting people out there. To, I was just bitching about it earlier with Chad. Like, if you want to find something, you have to start unloading from the front, you know, and it can oh, take right. you three days with three people to like get something in the back.
0: Where when when is there? I mean, obviously not this year because you're working at Nats. But when is there going to be like an Elvira world, like an Elvira? <laughs> walk through a whole park or something for halloween i I
1: keep talking about that i keep talking about it with knots and i don't think i don't know that they're ever going to get on the bandwagon with that but i always think there could be you know a year-round halloween thing kind of themed elvira um section of a park yeah i mean the two most popular rides at at uh Disneyland are the Haunted Mansion and the Tower of Terror. Yep. Those are year-round. Which is changing to the horror. Guardians of oh, the Galaxy yeah. Tower. Yeah, the excuse people say to me is, oh, well, that's Halloween. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you don't
0: get it. It's fun year-round. At- Listen, people would enjoy it year-round, and then they would super enjoy it at Halloween. Exactly. Yeah, are you getting a note? You're getting a oh. note. Oh, wow. Oh, no. Hmm. Dear, Dear Cassandra, Cassandra sure do might... you like me? Oh, Check yes. yes or no. <laughs> I see I'm you're really passing like notes you. in class. Would you like to read this note to the entire class? <laughs> I'll read it. Where can you buy my book? I would imagine anywhere books are sold. Amazon. Uh...
1: Not Amazon. Okay, yet. I won't say that yet. I would imagine, but it will
0: be coming up at okay, Amazon. Okay, where, where, where
1: is the book? Well, the I will one? be at Barnes and Noble signing them this month. Also next month. This month, the twenty-sixth of October. Perfect. I'll, I'll do a book signing at Barnes and Nobles at the Grove. Great. Um, also, it's on Elvira.com. And Tweeterhead.com. Tweeterhead. Tweeterhead.com Yeah, who are awesome. You know, they they've made my last three or four maquettes, Four maquettes that are spectacular, you know. A sideshow puts them out, you know, mm-hmm. the little yep, yep. little like eighteen inch high statues. And they're fantastic. And this is the first time they're first foray into publishing.
0: Well, but, the book uh, is gorgeous. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Yeah, Elvira.com. Sign up. Order that damn thing today.
0: Yeah, please do. It's very
1: reasonable a price, too. <laughs> I must say, it's $44.95. I mean, really, wouldn't you expect to pay.
0: What would you expect to pay, Chris? Oh, God, probably like $900,000? Uh,
1: yes, exactly.
0: $800,000?
1: dollars you only have to pay forty four ninety five, and you'll, you'll also get. This bottle of water, which I drank out of. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, that'd be one of those promotions where you're like, why did I agree to do this? Gulp. And then I get to get it. Yeah, and you up. just keep drinking, uh, and drinking. Was there ever a promotion that you regretted where you're like, oh, this was too much. This was Oh, yeah. One was too oh, much. yeah.
1: Win a date with Elvira. Oh, oh God. What happened? God. Did oh, Tom Jones enter? Oh, oh. No. <laughs> Tom already won. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Tom got first prize. Oh, boy, oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, win a date with Elvira. And it was, like, something that Universal sponsored or something when I was working for Pepsi. And... I went a date, and this, this guy I won a date with gets to bring a friend along, and I brought, thank God, my publicist. Uh, and a security woman. team. Yeah, exactly. I should have had security team because the guy that won and his friend were like from uh, some army base in the south somewhere, and they were like 21 years old, and we went to this fancy restaurant in Beverly Hills, and the next thing I know, this guy is standing on the table uh-huh. yelling, <laughs> hey, everybody, look at me. Oh, I'm shit. On the, and I'm just like, oh, God. And were you dressed God. as Elvira? No, okay. no. Thank God. But he is on a table, drunk on his ass, out of his mind. And he and his friend are knocking shit over and <laughs> knocking people's tables over. And it's just like two bulls in a china shop. And I excuse myself to go to the bathroom. And my publicist and I ran out of that back door so fast. That's fantastic. Never saw about, about halfway through the dinner, we were gone.
0: <laughs> oh, that was a nightmare, yes. I won't be doing that again anytime no, soon. No, probably not a good idea. Don't no. make yourself a prize to the general
1: public. Yeah, no, That's no. a bad idea. Yeah, Back back in the day, we thought that would be a super idea. Yeah, not so much.
0: And how has uh, social media been? How have you embraced social media? And how like, how's oh, Elvira well, they- helped
1: yeah i mean i mean i, I know what you're trying to say <laughs>
0: <laughs> how has elvira helped social media oh, no how did yeah. how did when when social media began to evolve did you immediately see like oh this is a great way to
1: i didn't really realize it at first i mean just when people started getting home computers you know it, it was like oh what's this but i i actually have to thank the home computers and the social media really for giving elvira a new life because i think uh had it just been television and carried on and I didn't have a show on TV the character would have gone bye bye yeah um so I think without you know people can go and download load stuff on YouTube and everything and see all my old shows and see things and it keeps the character alive for sure and with social media I can get the stuff out there that I'm here and there cuz I don't have a weekly TV show and I never had I well I had but but it was um on a very small scale. It wasn't like I was on ABC or CBS sure. where there's millions of people watching. It's always been kind of a do-it-yourself uh, project. Do you like so. that?
0: That it's always been a do-it-yourself project? Or
1: yeah, on, on one hand, I do. I mean, it gives you a lot of uh, freedom to do what you want. If you were own, if you were doing it on a network or something, right. they would just be like, no, 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 and no. Um, so yeah, it's a double-edged sword. I don't get the bucks. Right. that people. Like you, yeah, probably. What? No. And um, but I do I'm a get whore. to do things my way. I want to be a whore too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's always been a drag because I really—it's like a small kind of mom and pop business only. I'm—I'm I'm the mom and the pop. Um, but I
0: think that has helped contribute to it because it's yeah, such yes. a—I don't know—it's such an—it it was just so, it so organically grew and it was so, it's so much a part of our. I mean, like. When I first saw Elvira, it I felt like I was in on something special, you know, like really <laughs> or, special, or
1: seeing a car wreck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but 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 something that you know that just felt like, oh, this is for me. This is exactly for me. And I think if it had originally been presented in a big flashy way. Yep. I don't know if I would have been as open to it. You I, know?
1: I think the cheesiness of it and the cheapness of it, the way it was filmed, you know, for $1.50 really did make people think, she's got to be filming this in, in Mississippi somewhere in a right. garage, you know. Right. And I still to this day meet people who say, oh, you did the local horror hosting show in Shreveport or in Louisville or – you know, And they honestly think I did it there, uh, you know, uh, because it looked so crappy. They couldn't possibly believe it had been done in Hollywood. Yeah. So I think the cheesiness and the cheapness of it really did translate to people as this is just for me. And, you know, another thing I always uh, did that I absolutely... It won't even change to this day. I, I directed everything at one person. I'd always say, hello, darling. Mm-hmm. I'll, people now write things that go, darlings. And I go, it's never darlings. It's one person, darling. I'm talking to you and only you. And I talk to the camera like it is one person sitting there alone watching me. And and that, that was kind of a little trick I had that I didn't want to change. I, I think it really translates to people like, She's talking to me. Yeah, specifically to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. That is a that's a subtle little hosting thing that really does make a difference. Yeah, people, I... you know, especially now, people don't really watch TV in groups.
1: Yeah, not so much anymore. Unless it's the debates, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you are uh, you are wonderful. A, B, Aww. the book is gorgeous, and people should buy it. I'll buy our Mistress of the Dark. They should also go see you at Not Scary Farm if they happen to be in Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, please come over to the house. Sometime. I'm coming over
1: right now. We would
0: love to have you over for dinner. I will not stand on the table <laughs> and uh, and shout
1: because well, your wife will be there. <laughs>
0: yeah. What if she stood on the table? Oh, well, like, hey, that's I'll okay. Buy her, <laughs> That. You're not Southern why are you doing that <laughs> but why are you uh, like and that? I hope and I really hope you consider the idea of more seminars or making something available to people about you know this this brand building or idea you know this this creative nurturing uh, uh, program I feel yeah. like you could create something that would be well, of great value to people thank
1: you well that that is definitely you just put like the little uh, yes, seed in my head yes, that's a fantastic idea yes. thank All you right. thank you so much Cassandra Thanks, it was wonderful it was to see was great you. Seeing you. Thank uh, you oh
0: and um, we end the show by telling people to enjoy we, we say enjoy your burrito it's uh, something we say <laughs> to people at the end of every I've show heard. would you would you please uh, take us out
1: hello darling and enjoy your burrito
0: I just an enjoy real my program. Get off the table. Thank you so much. Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey grown-ups, the Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week.